0: Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational.
1: Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, our special guest, Dr. Daniel Harris, and our producer, Ed Salzwood, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today we're going to take up a topic that is very different on any Bible program. But we're going to talk about UFOs. Now, this is a topic that has been talked about within creationist circles now for a number of years, but I used to be absolutely terrified of it. I was terrified of it because I didn't want us to look in any way like we were UFO nuts with aluminum on our head to protect ourselves and all of this kind of stuff. But the work of Gary Bates, and now that you're going to hear of what Dr. Harris has done, has brought this into a very different context. And for today's program, Carl, you lead off with this. But it's been a very interesting topic that I was fascinated with as a child. I read various
0: books on UFOs and their possible origins and some of them have been proven to be aliens and Area 13 and all these sort of things that have come up over the years. And of course, Roswell figures very large in this scenario of UFOs. And of course, the United States government inadvertently added to the UFO mystery because they indeed were hiding something, but they weren't hiding little green men. They were hiding a secret that they didn't want the world, especially didn't want the USSR to know about at the time. Yes. Uh, but it came across to the American people and to the world in general that the government was obviously hiding something. Was that stealth technology? It was stealth technology yeah. at the time. Today it would be laughable, but you know at that point that was considered high-end technology to watch for potential attacks from the USSR. And so the government disavowed any knowledge of anything that happened at Roswell. And therefore it was thought to be a major Cover up, which it was, but it wasn't a cover up of Little Rain men. <laughs> so, all these the books that I read, and also you know guys like Hertzogans, you know, Van you Van Donnegan, those sort of things really fascinated as a young man. I thought we were being visited from other planets, and uh, that you know all this stuff made sense. You know, how could the Egyptians have built the, the pyramids and all these other things? Because you know, cavemen couldn't have done that. So how did this happen? And that's why I was interested in what Gary Bates had started to work with over the years. And actually, Dr. Harris, why don't you tell me what you worked with when you were officially assigned to investigate UFOs? Well, I started out as a high school
2: student reading like you did, and in fact, I was taken out to Giant Rock Airport in east of Los Angeles to visit all the UFO crazies, and I really couldn't take it seriously. There were several people on that field trip from a high school that were hallucinating UFOs, and they said, look over there, and there was nothing there. So they were hallucinating UFOs, and I thought, well, what's going on here? And then even inside the high school classroom, one of them said, look at that. And they were hallucinating things inside a classroom. So I could not take it at all seriously. Then when I went to the University of Arizona, I encountered a fellow by the name of James McDonald. Dr. James McDonald had a contract with the Navy to analyze radar sightings of UFOs and um he introduced me to some books that at the time made me take it take this subject somewhat more seriously and when i did i thought well maybe i could figure out their technology so that was introduced me to the idea of maybe figuring out a new physics so i did figure out a new physics and it turned out later that it was no more the physics of ufo's than the physics of dumbo <laughs> Dumbo flies in the cartoons, but you don't need a physics for that. And because UFOs are illusions and delusions and hallucinated by people, you don't need a physics for that either. But I thought you did, and I spent some years developing this physics. And turns out it was a useful physics for other purposes, such as undoing the Big Bang, which I did near the same period of time. I was an investigator for an organization called APRO, Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, and and I investigated quite a number of UFO sightings. And in general, it turns out that they had rather ordinary explanations. One sighting turned out to be, I think it was Venus, right next to the two stars in Gemini. Castor and Pollux. And it appeared on the APRO magazine as two little disky things and and one giant globe things. And that appeared on the cover of the magazine. It all turns out to be just plain nonsense. People are hallucinating. Dr. James McDonald took seriously a picture taken at Sedona, Arizona, what was called a streak. And it looked like a whole bunch of little flashes. Well, the fellow who took the photograph said that he was outside of his truck on the road to Sedona. And he took this picture and they said that this streak and mcdonald james mcdonald the great physicist said this is a ufo that is taking off and it took off with such great speed that it threw the whole frame in the time that it took for the exposure which is you know 20th 50th or 100th of a second and so this thing must have been moving at incredible speed. Well, it turns out if you actually go look at the original photograph, you see at the bottom of the photograph the shadow of the steering wheel. Well, there's an indication of the steering wheel. Well, that means that it was taken from the inside. So all this is is a sun shining off of a scratches on a windshield. It's all an
1: illusion. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Carl Williams, and today, Dr. Daniel Harris. If you would like to learn more, go to SAPSA.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org.
2: Dr. McDonald took this to the Congress of the United States and used it as a primary example of evidence of super technology. And he was <laughs> completely wrong.
1: You know, it was interesting when you were talking about the Dumbo physics that you eventually got into and that kind of stuff. One of the problems, of course, they've had with all of these supposed UFO sightings is that they often exhibit non-ballistic motion. Yes. Which, if you don't know, they can make right turns without slowing down and all kinds of weird things. But again, if it's something very different, if it's extra-dimensional, if it is illusionary, then none of that's a problem.
2: Well, what I did when I developed this physics was I said, okay, what is the amount of acceleration that you would endure if you were in an object like that and you went around a turn that was, let's say, 10 feet and you were moving several hundred miles an hour? And I also calculated the amount of acceleration that would be endured by an object, let's say five meters in diameter, that went out of sight from your vision in a time scale of two or three seconds. And I calculated that acceleration and they were comparable at something on the orbit of 300 to 1,000 times normal gravity. And then I thought, okay, well, how can we explain that? Well, I said, okay, well, if the mass of the object and the mass of the occupants was reduced by a factor of 300 or 1,000, then there would be no problem. So I said, okay, let's let's posit the existence of mass variation, and along with it, let's say that the speed of light varies in a way that makes that happen. And I didn't have any problems after that.
1: All you had to do was throw out all relativity.
2: Well, you had to throw out the constancy of mass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that's would, all you had to do. <laughs> I would still think it would be a problem for the occupants. What would be the number of Gs for those occupants compared to, say, astronauts on reentry? Astronauts on reentry experiencing only 5 to 10 Gs. This is 300 to 1,000 Gs. Now, the interesting thing about it was, the thing that gave it credibility to me at the time was the fact that I calculated the density of ordinary aircraft. And the density of ordinary aircraft is on the order of 300 to 500 kilograms per cubic meter. That's the density of ordinary aircraft. And I said, okay, well, what if they are able to reduce their mass and become comparable to the mass of the air? What's the mass of air? The mass of air is 1.3 kilograms per cubic meter. What's the ratio of 1.3 divided into 300 to 500? It's again about 300. So that's a factor of 300. And the coincidence was what got
1: me off into that area of science. Now, let's get back into what we really think this stuff is. It's not little green men coming no, it's from, not. from outside. Gary Bates, as well as yourself, believe it is what?
2: It is the influence of demonic influence on witnesses. I've interviewed a number of people who have had UFO encounters, and frequently they will give completely different stories about what happened at a particular instance. There was a, a sighting that was supposed to be right next to the Magnetic Observatory in Tucson, and I went to look at the witnesses, and one witness said that the object was present for something on the order of 10 seconds. Another one said it was present for 30 seconds. Another one said that it was there for over a minute. They all had different perceptions of how long the object was present. Okay. They all had different descriptions of exactly how it moved and what it did. And so when you actually go to observe and look at at witnesses and you interview them, they come
1: up with different stories about the same event. Which looks more like perception rather than reality.
2: Yes. In fact, in my own UFO encounter, the sighting, I was exhausted from staying up all night at an observatory. I woke up at the usual time without having had much sleep, and I looked out. Out the window and there was this thing that was moving and it went into some clouds. Well, the interesting thing about it was that it was popping in and out of existence as it went against the clouds. Well, why is that? Because the demonic thing that was influencing me at that very moment had no idea of exactly where the projection was
1: in relationship to the cloud background and didn't know how to make it go in and out of the clouds Lane and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzville, thanks for listening and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.